This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Evan Roberts podcast. Very interesting weekend of pro wrestling. You had a WWE pay-per-view in the United Kingdom for the first time since SummerSlam 1992. And you had AEW's big pay-per-view event, All Out or All In. I forget which one it's called. I get very, very confused easily. I know it was in Chicago. And I know that CM Punk took on John Moxley for the AEW championship. Uh, I don't know how many people ordered both and watched both, or at least in AEW's case, ordered it. Obviously, with the WWE, if you have the network, you have it, and you can watch it anytime. And, and that is the number one thing. There's a lot to discuss. I'll get into both, including the now-led Triple H WWE and the differences we've seen over the last couple of months. But I start with that difference. I like AEW. I really do. I enjoy it. I think it's... I'm not going to say it's better than the WWE. I... I don't think it even needs to be compared, but I like the product. I like Dynamite on Wednesday. It's not perfect, but I like it. And I like their build mostly towards pay-per-view events. Not as much this one, which I'll discuss. But the biggest problem I have, and I cannot be alone, is that every time they have a pay-per-view, every few months, they have to sell you. Like the old days, they have to convince you to drop 50 bucks to watch a three-and-a-half-hour, four-hour show that will likely be good, but the AEW Twitter account is putting out videos every 30 seconds. You're going to be able to see everything a little bit after it happens. So they're trying to somehow convince you to drop $50 when you don't have to. And not that you can watch the entire event. You can't, but you can see a big part of it. Well, in the WWE's case, and I think this has really helped them out the last few years as the product has been stale and has sucked is that you're buying the network. Most wrestling fans are buying the network, whether it's because of the archives or just because it feels easy at $10 a month to buy it. And so when there's a big event, a premium live event, you don't feel an obligation to watch it, but it's there if you want to. AEW's got that old school model. And I got to tell you, I don't think it works because take me as an example, and I'm not penny pinching. I'll spend money. But I found myself very difficult to convince myself on a Sunday night, on Labor Day weekend, with family around where I'm doing other things, to invest $50 to watch this event. If it was a part of a network, a part of a package, the way the WWE was, would I eventually watch it? Yeah, no doubt about it. Would I maybe uh, start it at midnight? Maybe I'd watch it the next morning, but it would be there, and I'd watch more of it. But they have to convince you every three months to spend that kind of money on this event. And I don't think that model works anymore. I think the WWE broke that model. So what Tony Khan needs to do is he's got to find some kind of season ticket package, essentially. Some kind of streaming package where 
You're a wrestling fan. You pay a reasonable amount of money every single year. You get more than just the live events. So they obviously have to come up with basically a streaming network like WWE. And you got to make it worth people, worth people, worth people's while, something like that. Worth their while. You know what I'm trying to say? Because did I have interest in watching this to a degree? Yeah. I wanted to see what was going to happen in the casino battle royale and find out who the mystery guy was. I think the storyline between Jungle Jack and Christian Cage is sort of compelling. I wanted to see that. And I wanted to see the main event, even though the main event had a very weird build, very strange build. First of all, I can't wrap my head around an interim champion. If a guy is hurt, I think you've got two options when they're champion. Number one, you take the belt off of them. Not ideal, but you could do it. Or number two, you almost write it into the script. And you keep the guy as champion. You can maybe even keep them on TV, but they don't fight all the time. Bide your time. But having an interim champion is just, it's such a weird concept. And I know AEW has been doing it for a while. They had an interim TNT champion. They have an interim women's champion. But they did it with the big prize, with the world heavyweight championship after Punk took it from Hangman Page. And it was just strange. And what made it even more strange is, Okay, so you're logically building towards CM Punk's return against John Moxley. Okay, fine. Seems like a somewhat compelling main event. Story writes itself. Punk's the champion. Moxley's the interim champion. Unify the belts. And then they unify it in the middle of a dynamite with no build. It was very WCW-like. And I know that no one wants to hear that if you're an AEW fan. You never want to hear the comparison to WCW. But naturally, there's going to be comparisons. You're the other wrestling company competing with WWE. You're on TNT, TBS. Naturally, Tony Schiavone's your play-by-play announcer. Naturally, there's going to be comparisons. But this is supposed to be your big money match. Now, I eventually see, okay, I see what they're trying to do here. Moxley squashes him. Punk has to be riled up by his trainer. And with less than a week of build, here you go. Here's your championship match at All In or All Out. I forget what it's called. I think you could have done that, that same idea of, okay, let's unify it on AEW Dynamite. Let's have Moxley crush him. Let's have Punk be down in the dumps and his trainer talks him up. I don't think that storyline is bad. I just think it's bad when you do it as quickly as you do it. You'd spread that out over a month and a half. Okay, fine. I think you got something. And then you give the build for that championship rematch up a little bit. There was no build for this. And then Punk beats him. Okay, logical. Punk won the championship a few months ago when he beat Hangman Page. You want to give him a little bit of a title run. So I'm watching the highlights because I didn't order the event. I admit it, like I just went through. I didn't feel compelled enough. It's now 1 o'clock in the morning, and here's the way I watch the event. Because I spent the night with my family. I recorded Rico Bronya, which you can download wherever you download podcasts. So I'm sitting there 1 a.m. thinking, all right, let me, let me check what happened out at this pay-per-view. I go to the AEW Twitter account. I don't look at the last few tweets. I go back 50 tweets. And I essentially jump through the entire event with the video clips they show you. Now, they usually don't show you finishes, but they show you highlights. So that's how I watched it. So I was able to see the fact that they didn't have a match between Christian Cage and Jungle Jack. Basically, you had uh, the Tyrannosaurus Rex guy turn on Jungle Jack, Luke Perry's son, and there you go. And then you got your squash. You had the trios championship, which I think is a terrible idea. AEW has way too many belts. They've got belts I don't even know exist. 
I get it. They bought Ring of Honor. That's great. Now you got the Ring of Honor Championship. You got the North Atlantic Championship. You've got so many freaking belts going on in that company. It doesn't make any sense. And now you're adding a trios championship. I get that they came up with a really cool name for six-man tags, and that's great. But a championship? Everybody's got a freaking belt. It's like a participation trophy for everybody. You get a belt. You get a belt. You get a belt. It's way too much. It's confusing. And obviously, it lessens the value of the belts. The only belt that matters is the AEW championship on the men and women's side. That's it. I thought the TNT title was kind of cool, but now it's lost in the shuffle because you got so many other freaking belts. Got 800 championships. Not a fan of that. You got Kenny Omega back, which is great. Now, maybe they don't feel he can carry matches on his own because of the health issues, but now he's just going to be involved in the trios championship, and you also have a tag team championship? I don't know. Not a fan of that. So I'm watching all the highlights of the event. Obviously, the Moxley-Punk match, very bloody, very vicious. You get the great ending with MJF. And I thought that was, well, I thought it was the best part of the night because MJF's been gone for months now. I think we all knew it was a work shoot. I mean, see, he calls Tony Khan a bleeping mark, walks off. They never mention him again. He was naturally going to come back. And he makes sense in feuding with CM Punk. So I thought that was cool. I thought it was very cool. We got a big ovation even in Chicago. And I'd be very intrigued to see how that storyline goes between CM Punk and MJF, and I hope MJF takes the title. I think he should. I think it's his time. I think he's the best thing going in AEW. I think having him be away for a long period of time is good. They learned from the mistakes of what the WWE did with CM Punk during the summer of Punk when he disappeared with the championship, and then, boom, he's back a week later. It's like, well, did he really go anywhere? He was only gone for a week. Where the hell did he go? (laughs) He was barely gone. So him winning the Casino Battle Royal with the mask on, great. I think we all had an idea it was going to be him. He shows up after the main event is over, takes the mask off, puts the little scarf on. Tremendous. Best part of the show. And like I've always said, the closing of a show sometimes can make up for other aspects of the show that's not as good. So they they left you wanting more. At least with me, they left me wanting more. And so after I'm watching all this stuff, I see, and AEW's been doing this for a while, that they have a, quote, media scrum. They have like a media event. And I saw that the WWE basically copied that after their UK pay-per-view. And we'll get into that UK pay-per-view in a second. So I'm watching Tony Khan, who's the most awkward human being in the world. And that's me saying it. You could call me awkward all you want. Tony Khan sits there at these press conferences making the most bizarre faces you'll ever see. I don't know what he's thinking half the time. It's just, it's very, very strange. So it starts off with CM Punk, and he's all bloodied and beaten up, and he's eating a muffin from someplace in Chicago. And I got to tell you, I have no idea what he's cursing about. He is screaming and yelling about Cole Cabana. He's calling him by his real name, Scott Colton, or whatever the hell his name is. I looked it up. I didn't. I know who Cole Cabana is. I know about the lawsuit. I know about Punk going on his podcast after he left WWE. I did not know that was his real name. My apologies. So he's cursing out Cole Cabana. F this guy, F that guy. He's going after the EVPs. And I'm racing through the internet to find out what is he talking about? I don't know. I, I admit I'm casual right now with AEW. Like I watch it. I like it. 
I like the WWE, but, you know, I think right now at this point, I guess I'm a casual fan, and that's fine. That's who I am. I'm not going to lie. So I'm, I'm compelled because Punk looks so pissed off, and Con Mr. Awkward sitting to his left, he looks confused like he doesn't know what to say. So I guess what I gathered is that CM Punk hates the elite, hates Adam Page, hates Kenny Omega, hates the Young Bucks, doesn't like him because those guys are pissed at Punk that they feel Cole Cabana was axed because CM Punk doesn't like him. And CM Punk says, I don't care. I know nothing to do with that guy. That guy's got a bank account with his mom. (laughs) And Tony Khan's apologizing, I guess, for some answer he gave. And look, I'm not going to get into the feud. Here's what I'll tell you. I think CM Punk is a great wrestler. I really do. I think CM Punk is a great performer. And that's the only compliment that matters. He is really an asshole. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. I can't get paid. He is just always looking to bitch about something, always looking to be angry about something. And he's good. He's really good. He was good in WWE. He's still relatively good in AEW. But you talk about a guy that doesn't think his crap stinks. You talk about a guy that loves himself. You got yourself CM Punk. So, look, he's champion. He should be champion until MJF takes it away from him. I don't think any of that was a work. The only thing that may have been a work was his comments about MJF, which I thought, again, it's probably scripted, so I'm not going to have a problem with it. But when asked about MJF, Punk's like, yeah, Tony Khan likes when I work with all these, you know, and he called him a name, all these bad guys. So I don't know if he actually feels that way. He may love MJF for all I know. The stuff with the other guys was real because he barely brought up their names. And he's cursing and he's pissed. But CM Punk has this, it just, it's a vibe I get. Because I don't know him. I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. I'm just telling you as a casual fan, my read on him. He just comes across like he's got a bitch about something. In the WWE, I never got to main event to WrestleMania. I got to drop the title to The Rock. And now it's, you know, the EVPs just make stuff up. And maybe they do. I have no idea. I don't know what the hell's going on. I just get the impression he's a crybaby. That's just the impression I get. But he's a great performer. And I think AEW's better having him than not having him. But boy, it does seem like AEW's got some real drama going on. When that company started, and all you marks out there that love it, Everything about AEW is perfect. Everything about it was great. It does this better than WWE. does that better than WWE. And by the way, in a lot of ways, I agree. I'm not even saying you were wrong. In a lot of ways, you probably were wrong. But in a lot of ways, you were right. And now, boy, it feels like the height of WCW. The egos, the power behind the scenes, the clicks that are going on. And I don't think the thing's going to crumble by any means. But... (laughs) And the other thing is, while I liked it, I think we all like watching Dirty Laundry aired publicly. Who doesn't like it? If you see him, Punk, why don't you handle that behind the scenes? Well, you got to make a, just a, basically trying to take the attention away from the show. Like, the story in the wrestling circles after that show is now about CM Punk losing his mind on the elites and not as much, hey, had a bloody good match with John Moxley. Hey, MJF is back. What are they going to do with that? Instead, it's this. Now, if the AEW is smart, and I think they are, you almost have to make this a storyline. You can't just have it go away. 
When you've got real life stuff going on, it's how WWE really turned it around the Attitude Era. When you have real life stuff going on, you got to take advantage of it. Can't ignore it. Can't sweep it under the rug. But the best part of it was how awkward Tony Khan was sitting next to him. <laughs> so that's my take on AEW. As far as the WWE show, the uh, Clash at the Castle that took place in the UK, this was, and I, and I guess this is a compliment, this is the first time in two years where Roman Reigns was defending the undisputed now Universal Championship, and I had doubt on if he was going to win. And I think for a lot of this run he's been on, maybe not as much WrestleMania a year ago against Daniel Bryan and Edge, maybe not that, but most of these matches, the, I think the feud with Brock Lesnar certainly, there was never doubt that Roman was going to defend the championship. So he's had a two-year run in which I would say 95% of the time, you believed he was going to win. You believed he was going to remain the universal champion. And I think for a myriad of reasons, the obvious being it was in the UK. Drew McIntyre has been the WWE's boy. I was going to say Vince's boy, but Vince isn't around anymore. But sure, Vince's boy, that this was Drew's time. And so because of that, I said this to my dad. I was hanging out with my sister, my dad, my wife, my two kids, my nephew. And it was kind of cool that it was an afternoon. It was a Saturday afternoon. It was kind of a cool time to have. So what I did is I had the event on very much in the background. I I heard that the Gunther-Sheamus match was great. I'd be lying lying if I told you I watched it. The only thing I really watched was the main event. And I sort of got my dad into it because he was an old wrestling fan a long time ago. He doesn't know who anybody is. But... I think the one thing he hears and he says, wow, is the title reign Roman's been on. Because my dad grew up in the era of Bruno San Martino and Pedro Morales. So for him, a five-year run was the thing. Like you, Yeah, you were champion for multiple years. So when I tell him, yeah, this guy's been champion for two years. He's like, wow, okay, that's, that's interesting. How have they pulled that one off? So I was watching this match. I don't want to say closely, but I had it on. And I was intrigued because... The longer a guy is a champion, in my eyes, the more it's a big deal if he loses. It, it just is. And you could say, ah, oh, it's professional wrestling. What does it really mean? It's our entertainment. If you're listening to this, I assume you're entertained by pro wrestling. And the longer a guy is a champion, the bigger deal it is. You know, John Moxley losing to CM Punk's not a big deal. Moxley was champion for five minutes, depending on if the interim title is a real title. But you have a guy who's been champion for two years and he's facing a guy in Drew McIntyre who, when he won his initial championship, did it in front of nobody because of the pandemic. Now he's in front of the opposite of nobody. He's in front of 65,000 people who adore him. And so this was a big deal because for two reasons. Number one, real threat that they take the belt off Roman Reigns. And number two, if they don't take the belt off Roman Reigns in this match, I have every reason to believe he's holding a Tomania. Like, here we are in early September. You know he has a part-time schedule. He's not dropping the belt after two years at Survivor Series. He's not dropping it at the Royal Rumble, though CM Punk did. It's WrestleMania. So to me, I'm looking at this saying, wow, he's about to have a two-and-a-half-year run because I don't even know who they're going to put in his way now. He's probably going to go away for a while. That's likely. So I'm intrigued because all you want in wrestling is doubt. You want to watch a match and say, hey, I don't know how this is going to end. 
I don't know how they're going to do this. And I, I was, and I tweeted this out. I'm in the camp of Roman should still be champion. Drew McIntyre is not the guy. I'm sorry. I'm not a huge fan of Drew McIntyre to begin with. I think he's all right. But I didn't think a cheap pop in the UK was enough of a reason to end something that's been the best thing this company's done in a decade. And yeah, I'd say that. I ask you right now, what's the best thing the WWE's done in a decade? Want to give me Becky Lynch's run? Okay, that's fine. What else? The best thing they've done in a decade is the dominance of Roman Reigns, the heel turn of Roman Reigns, how badass Roman Reigns has been. So you're going to take that belt off him because you want the people in Wales to be happy? Come on now. What's the end game? The end game's what? Drew McIntyre's the champion now? And who's going to face him at WrestleMania that's that compelling? The answer is nobody. Roman needs to remain champion. So I certainly had a view watching this thing. And it was great. It was a hard-hitting match. There were a few moments where you think, holy crap, this is it. This is it. He's going to lose. Oh, he kicks out of it. And look, did you have a schmozzy kind of ending with one of the Usos from NXT, who I'm sure most people are more familiar with than I am, him showing up? Was that a cheap ending? Yeah, but you know what? It was necessary. I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't think Roman had to beat him clean. Roman's beaten enough guys clean. He's beaten Brock clean. He beat Edge and uh, Daniel Bryan clean. I don't think he necessarily had to beat him clean. It's okay as a heel champion to get the chicken-ass win. And he got a chicken-ass win, and that's great. And now I'm not nervous that McIntyre takes it off of him. Even if they have a rematch at a pay-per-view or two, he's not losing. If they didn't have McIntyre win the thing in Wales, he's not going to win it in freaking Philadelphia. No offense. It's just not. So I thought it was a really good match. Is that the ending I would have booked? Look, I, I think it was obvious there was going to be some kind of schmoz ending. You weren't going to have Roman beat him clean, and that's okay. My issue, and I think every human being has to have this issue. I don't understand the other side, was what they did with Tyson Fury and Drew McIntyre. And what culture, which is a, a, a great website, which covers wrestling news, and they have really cool articles. I thought they had the best comparison, and I didn't think about it at the time. I didn't look at it this way, but I thought it was a great, great comparison. So you have Tyson Fury come out. He shakes Roman Roman Reigns' hand. Okay, fine. And then starts singing bye-bye American Pie to Drew McIntyre and talks about how proud he is of Drew, and Drew says thanks to the crowd. That was, and this is what culture's terms, a Lex Luger at SummerSlam moment. And he's so right, whoever wrote that. When Lex Luger beat Yokozuna by countout at SummerSlam 93, they celebrated him as if he won the championship. He didn't. All he did was he knocked out Yokozuna and won by countout. Now, obviously, that is far more pathetic than what happened with McIntyre. But in terms of 30 years later, Drew, you lost. Clean or not, you lost. You had your big opportunity against Roman Reigns for the undisputed Universal Championship. And I know I'm talking kayfabe. But you lost. And now you're singing. And now you're saying, thank you, fans. You guys are great. Shut up. And by the way, if the WWE wanted to do that to keep the crowd happy, do it after the cameras go off. Don't show that to me. Don't show that to you watching. That was pathetic. That was sad. This is your big moment. You lost. Be angry about it. Don't accept your applause and start singing bye-bye American Pie. Listen. Sometimes they take these bad guys, they make them faces, and then they make them just 
like this. <laughs> this. This guy got fired from the WWE. He comes back. He wins the championship when, you know, nobody's in the buildings. He has a title run. Now he finally gets his chance against the big bad Roman Reigns. He loses on a very cheap ending. And he's singing bye-bye American Pie with a boxer. What the hell is going on? I don't want to say that ruined the main event. Because it didn't ruin the main event. It ruined Drew McIntyre. It was a Lex Luger moment. And now we can move on. And now we have to figure out the thing we've talked about for months, maybe for over a year. Roman Reigns is on his way to a title run that will last two and a half years. He is going to, in my opinion, go to WrestleMania as the champion for the third consecutive year. He has not taken a pinfall in three years. And it leads to the obvious question. Who should be the guy to beat him? And right now, there's only two options. First of all, let me just get the Rock stuff out of the way. The Rock versus Roman Reigns is the main event that I think most people want. It's the big money main event. It's what this whole storyline to me has led to. But that doesn't mean The Rock beats Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns beats The Rock. So while, yes, that may be the payoff we're all waiting for in terms of big money main event, and I hope it happens. I think it'd be great if it happens at this year's WrestleMania. I was hoping it was going to happen at last year's WrestleMania and the WrestleMania before that. And certainly The Rock dropping that line in his TV show, Young Rock, where he alluded to a young Roman Reigns. That match can only happen at WrestleMania. The hope is it does happen. Will it? I don't know. The Rock's a busy man. He's running for president, probably. He's a Hollywood superstar. He's a busy man. That's what he should do, by the way. He should fight Roman Reigns. And after he loses, he should grab the mic and say, look. This is my last match in the WWE. I'm retiring because I'm going to be the next president of the United States. If you smile. (laughs) That'd be tremendous. That's how you end it right there. But that's not the question. The question is who should beat him. And and to me, there are only two names that jump out. Cody Rhodes and Braun Breaker. I haven't watched a lot of Braun Breaker, but he's the NXT champion. He's the next big thing. He's Rick Steiner's son. When he gets to the point where people think he can really be a main event player, then yeah, a young guy like that knocking off Roman Reigns would be great. The other option is Cody Rhodes if you want to fulfill that storyline. I'm I'm torn about it. I think inevitably Cody Rhodes-Roman Reigns is a big money match, and maybe it's this year's WrestleMania match if Cody's healthy and The Rock doesn't come back and doesn't want to fight. I just don't know if Cody Rhodes is the guy. Is that a good match? Yeah. Is it a compelling match? Yeah. Should Cody Rhodes defeat Roman Reigns by countout like Dusty Rhodes did? And Cody mentioned in his first promo back when he was holding the WWF title, but he never won. Absolutely. (laughs) Maybe not at WrestleMania, but he should. I'm torn if he should be the guy. I know there's a lot of people out there that think he should be the guy. And look, maybe the guy to knock off Roman Reigns isn't obvious right now. Well, clearly isn't. Maybe that guy's not on the roster right now. Maybe that guy is toiling in AEW right now. Maybe that guy hasn't even been signed by the WWE. But Roman Reigns is one of the great champions in the history of the WWF, and here's why. And I know a part of this is a knock on the company, but he's been champion for two years, and I think most people agree the run should continue. And that's how you know you're a great champion. Again, your competition plays a part of that. It's like when a baseball team wins 108 games, 
You may look at the competition and say, yeah, but that competition wasn't as good as what the uh, 1998 Yankees faced or whatever argument you want to make. But still, two years as champion and nobody's sick of him. That's kind of incredible when you really think about it. And look, this is a good time to be a wrestling fan because the WWE is clearly under new management. I had some skepticism that Triple H would truly be able to run this thing on his own, that Vince McMahon would be looking over his shoulder. I think with some of the NXT returns, I think it's clearly obvious that Triple H is running this thing. He said that in, interv- in that interview with, um, I forget the guy's name, I apologize. But Triple H said, hey, I'm picking the flavors now. I'm the guy, and he clearly is. And I think that's good as a wrestling fan. So far, it's early on. I am happy, and I'm excited about the future of the company. But interesting wrestling weekend. I wanted to give you not an instant reaction, but a reaction to it. Uh, Craig and I are back Tuesday after Labor Day, 2 to 6.30. No more vacations. Thank you for listening to the Evan Roberts Podcast.